Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm just loving that theme song. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Collider Dailies, your daily dose of must-know movie and TV news, theories, reviews, and so much more. Maggie, how you doing? I am digging the holiday spirit right now. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I needed to bring a little Valentine's Day cheer to today's episode. <laughs> Clearly, I have no Valentine's Day cheer to offer. Uh, my, my cat wrote me a card. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> It's a it's it's Nemiroff family tradition for birthdays. We always like write cards from the pets to the people celebrating and I'm home sweet home. So Mama Nems was kind enough to fill that hole in my heart with a card from a cat. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, my family also does that. I have many birthday cards from my my, my former pets from my childhood. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so glad I'm not alone in that department. Um, are you doing anything to celebrate today? I'm probably going to put on Wuthering Heights tonight, which is Kikura Manson, the period drama land for me. And that will be my Valentine's Day. I wish I could go see Lisa Frankenstein again because that that's the peak romance. Yeah, I don't blame you. I wish that movie did better at the box office than it did. I I mean, I've seen this uh, tweeted and reported out there. There are many predicting that it's basically on the Jennifer's body track where people are underestimating it and not giving it a chance now. And then years down the line, we'll be like, you know, remember when this cult classic came out and nobody cared about it? I loved it. Yeah, same. I'm very excited for people to watch it. So, All right. Well, from one box office bummer to something that could be a box office smash hit, our first story of the day is the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer's debut, which uh, posted some record-breaking numbers. So I'll read a little bit from the Variety Report for you. The first trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine, which debuted Sunday during the Super Bowl, has broken the record for the most viewed movie trailer within 24 hours with an astounding 365 million total views 
according to Disney. The previous record holder was the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home, which had 355.5 million online views in its first 24 hours back in 2021. And then the article also goes on to note Deadpool had some help from this year's Super Bowl, which ended up as the most viewed telecast of all time and reached 123.7 million viewers. So I feel like that's that's one of the defining factors right there, because I don't want to take away from how successful Deadpool 3 could be and how successful that trailer was. Mm-hmm. But those Super Bowl numbers are astronomical. Yeah, they absolutely are. I'm so really hopeful that this is a good sign for the film, though. Got a lot of eyes on it that maybe have tuned out of superhero stuff. Perhaps, perhaps. I I do think that this probably bodes well for Deadpool 3 at the box office. Also, just because I heavily emphasized it, you know, these are numbers reported by Disney. I'm always a, a big advocate for, you know, tools like at least what Box Office Mojo used to be, where we we have certain systems in place to to give numbers that aren't be, being reported directly by the company that created the product. But that's uh, that's beside the point right now. If the trailer was as big as they are saying, I do think we're going to be in for one of the biggest hits of the year in Deadpool and Wolverine. I was looking up some uh, some numbers to to kind of figure out where it might land. So. We're obviously right now comparing it to Spider-Man No Way Home. That movie opened with $260 million at the domestic box office. The weekend it opened, it had almost no competition whatsoever. Right now, Deadpool and Wolverine is in a very similar situation. The week, the weekend before is when Twisters open. So curious to see how Twisters does and if it can impact the Deadpool 3 box office. But I am thinking that Deadpool 3 could have a pretty good chance of matching No Way Home and coming in in the, you know, in the vicinity of 260. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think Deadpool appeals to a different audience, uh, you know, with that R-rated superhero vibe, I think could definitely pull some people who may be kind of out of the superhero game in the last couple of movies, uh, so I'm really hopeful. I'm really excited for it. I love a little foul-mouthed Deadpool action, uh, and that trailer definitely played played that up quite it nicely. It's a good trailer. It's a good trailer. It's a it's it's one of my favorite kinds of first trailers where it actually fun- functions as a tease rather than just throwing everything in your face right out the gate. But you know the the whole uh, superhero fatigue conversation is, is still a, a very valid one to have in this particular case. I do think it could serve Deadpool three quite well where. Yes, this one is obviously attached to the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's in a different way. And I think people will be able to compartmentalize it more than, you know, let's say something like like the Marvels or Ant-Man and the uh, Wasp Quantumania. So I do think this is going to be working with a much bigger audience. Another Mm -hmm. box office stat I had looked up, which could which could cement in that 260 prediction or around it. That same weekend last summer was the Barbenheimer weekend. So Barbie opened with 162, Oppenheimer with 82. That's a combined 244. Superhero movie, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman. It could go a little above that. So I'm still sticking with the 260 right now. Yeah, I think that's a really good estimate. I also like that the trailer, you know, just to talk about that for another five seconds. I like that it 
It appealed to people who have just watched Loki because you're familiar with the TVA and that's a show that's done very well with, you know, Disney plus. And then you also have X-Men characters, you know, popping up in it that we may have not thought we'd ever see again. So then it's calling back to like a, a group of superhero movie fans that really haven't had anything. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say how many years, cause it's, it's been a while. Uh, so I think that the way they played up that trailer perfectly set up to appeal to different audiences yeah all at once which i think is needed to carry this film to success i think that's a good point to make while leaning into addressing some questions we have in the chat right now so first um all in the game mentioned 260 million opening as an r-rated movie is pushing it which which i do very much understand it is a very large number for an r-rated movie and you know steve was also asking the question is can deadpool 3 become the highest r-rated movie of all time in some cases the r rating would would kind of you know make me want to rein it in a little bit but I I feel like that's that's going to be a little bit less of a factor with Deadpool than it would be for just about any other R-rated movie out there. I mean, you're already talking about the generational impact that this particular superhero movie could have. And I mean, what's like parents are going to take younger people to see. I And I always like to preface, no one should ever trust me in terms of telling them what is appropriate for a child to see. But I have to imagine there's going to be some older superhero fans with kids who want to take their kids to see the movie. So I guess it depends how R-rated it really is. But this just feels like less of a factor to me in this particular situation versus other predictions I might be making at the box office. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right. Ready to move on over to our second story, which is uh, (laughs) it's quite R-rated as well. Um, we're talking about the Sasquatch Sunset trailer. So I had the pleasure of, uh, of seeing this at Sundance. So I was kind of, uh, I was in the know. I was ready for what this trailer was going to be. You sat down and watched it for the first time, Maggie. What did you think of Sasquatch Sunset? I feel like it was exactly what I was expecting it to be based off of like reading the interviews and stuff coming out of the film festival. Um, I'm glad that weird movies are back. Uh, this is like appeals to such a, a specific demographic of people that like like the weird playing with different different aspects of film that we necessarily haven't seen. So I'm very excited for this. Um, I'm glad that it lived up to the expectations that I was like expecting based off what I was hearing out of the film festival. So I'm excited. I think it's weird and wonderful. <laughs> I, I think if you're into weird and wonderful, you are going to like the finished product because. Yeah, like I was like kind of aware of what it was going into it, but I don't know. I I guess I wasn't really prepared for the extent to which they pushed this concept. And it's so cool. I found the movie itself very engrossing and effective. Like I did get attached to these characters, but also like my movie making loving brain is just absolutely fascinated by how this movie was made and the fact that it exists at all. You know, we have two of the biggest stars covered in Sasquatch makeup and prosthetics, Riley Keough and Jesse Eisenberg. And it just seems to me to be like the ultimate creative experiment for an actor. And they, they really make the most of it and create, you know, a group of, of very engaging characters and also like, this Sasquatch culture and lifestyle that that has real fascinating definition to it. I, I could I could watch a whole series of uh, movies about 
Sasquatches now. And I think that's the aspect I'm most excited about. Like as an anthropologist, I love like playing with cultures and groups of people and like the things that may be seen as other by us, but like there's still like a, a core similarity between us. And that's what I was getting from the trailer. So I was like, yes, I want this. I need this. I need this movie right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious just because we've been talking so much about box office. I am curious to see how eager uh, the wider movie going public is to embrace this film, but I hope never, underestimate, never underestimate how many Sasquatch fans there are. Tis true. Tis true. I, I learned that a little bit when doing research while publishing my Sasquatch sun, Sunset uh, interview to learn uh, what keywords to lean into. And Sasquatch, of course, is a very popular one. I'll use this as an opportunity to plug that interview. Um, I got the chance to chat with the cast and filmmakers behind Sasquatch Sunset. You could find that interview on Collider.com and over on the Collider Interviews YouTube channel. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, our last topic of the day. It happens. It, it happens. Finally, after so much, like, we know it's this, but they didn't officially announce it, so we can't think it's this. We do finally have the official word on who is leading Marvel's The Fantastic Four. I pulled up the Variety article because I was already there, so I will read from that one. The Superhero Quartet the first characters created for Marvel Comics by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby will be played by Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm, and Evan Moss Backrack as Ben Grimm. I mean, that's basically it. I don't have to read any more of the article. That's our cast. That's our Fantastic Four. Did, did this announcement do anything for you, Maggie? Or is it kind of like, like, thanks for finally confirming it? It was basically like, thank you for finally confirming it. I feel like most people in Hollywood have known that this was essentially the cast since before the strikes last year. Uh, Cause that's when like the first rumors started coming out and it's just been the, the best worst kept secret. Uh, I'm just glad it's public knowledge now. Um, you know, it, it's not as though we haven't accidentally gotten it confirmed numerous times yeah. in the last <laughs> year. Uh, but yeah, I'm <laughs> fantastic Four is such a weird story <laughs> like we've already seen this is the third time we've had a cast so i think that maybe lessened the excitement as well um i like the poster i thought that was yeah you know i think that's the thing that excites me the most and and i i do have to admit i read that someone else wrote this on um on twitter i didn't come up with a thought myself but i do very much agree with it they they express their enthusiasm for the fact that Marvel opted to make the the news official via a hand-drawn Valentine's Day card rather than, you know, like, I don't know, like posting a big report at like during Super Bowl Sunday or, or like something big and flashy like that, which I, I, I was very charmed by uh, by that card. 
I wish I knew the behind the scenes of it all, because I would love to know if this was always the plan, if they had planned to maybe announce it back at Thanksgiving, because, you know, first family vibes with, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner, if this is because it's basically been confirmed by numerous different outlets accidentally. Yeah. Um, I, I would just love to know that structure, because I do really love that they went with a very simple like, yes, we know you all know, here's your Valentine's Day card. I really want a movie about film publicity. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. something that's just a behind the scenes look at yeah, I don't know. I mean uh, we don't campaign for a movie kind of, or something. Oh, no, we don't get those kind of like behind the scenes of Hollywood films. It's usually the bad stuff. Or, or um, it's it's like usually about, you know, actors and directors making a movie, but there are so many other verticals here that are interesting to explore. Um we could write that, Maggie. Maybe we'll do that after Collider Dailies. Um, I am uh, quite pleased with this group. I mean, what's not to like when you look at these particular actors, but, and I've said this uh, a number of times recently when we're talking about upcoming Marvel movies, I think with each passing day and the mounting number of disappointments, whether it's disappointments in, you know, announcements that don't pan out or the quality of a finished film, I am struggling to be as enthusiastic as I have been in the past. And, you know, again, we've talked about this admittedly in this particular case. It's it's not like an, oh my God, new news, big new news, because we kind of knew this. But, you know, in general, I have very much noticed and must acknowledge the fact that my, my Marvel hype has been dampened a little. But as always, I will have an open mind for every single movie that I watch. So I'm going to go into this one, hoping for a good thing. And I feel like with these four in particular, we do have a very good chance here of it being a strong film. I'm going to put you on the spot, Maggie. Of these four actors, which one excites you most? Whose work are you most eager to see in their particular role? I guess Joseph Quinn. Um I'm not a fan of Stranger Things, so like that's that's not where Ooh. I'm going. So, yeah, I, that's I, a whole nother episode. <laughs> whole nother episode. Um, but I think that he's one of the more like promising new actors on the scene right now. So I'm excited to see what he does with the, the Marvel fame because that's a mm. whole different world. Um, obviously, we have Gladiator as well that he you know is involved with. So I'm I'm curious to see. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious about him. I feel like. Um, a quiet place might make me even more enthusiastic. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm with the majority. He's a major standout in stranger things. Clearly he has a lot of natural talent, and I look forward to seeing him use it in other genres. I am going to say, I love when I come up with a question and pitch it to you. And then I try to answer and I'm like, I hate that. I asked that question. Um, I'll say, I'll say Eben, Eben Moss Backrack, because I'm a massive fan of the bear and having seen a lot of his other work, he's someone that I think has like a wild amount of range. And Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a type of range that could be applied to a superhero movie character in order to make that person feel like rich and grounded, if you know what I mean, where it's not just, you know, playing a version of a character we've seen before, but like making him textured and feel real. And I don't know, I I would like to see I would like to see all of them do that with their roles. But I think some of uh, his previous work is giving me maximum confidence that he's going to do that here definitely one that I'm excited to see in this as well. And, you know, I, you know, I grew up with the first Fantastic Four movies. Like I remember seeing them in theaters and mm-hmm. loving them. 
much. So I still so much think of that cast, like Yoan Graffith and uh, Chris Evans. And like all of them. They're my, the characters I see when I close my eyes. So I am curious to see how, how they do live up to that cast and, and where things are going and how they make this their own thing and their own characters and like a different version. So. We gonna, we're going to find out soon enough. Yes. Isn't it weird to say soon enough because 2025 isn't like that far away? Also, I, I, I kind of going off the same thing of like um, superhero excitement being dampened. Every time there's a release date, I'm like, yeah, okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, mean, like Thunder got moved up and I was like, yeah, but it was supposed to come out in 2024. So is it really moved up? <laughs> yeah, granted. Um, here's that information for anyone who wants it. Fantastic for um, July 25th, 2025 and Thunderbolts, uh, May 2nd, 2025, swapped release dates. So that was that's enough time between those movies. I'd be curious to see if they push one down until later in the year, because that's only two months. Possibly. I'm a little exhausted by the release date uh, changes as well. But, you know, I got to be realistic and respect the fact that 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 has happened more so recently than ever because of a pandemic and because of a strike. So, you know, I I can't necessarily be hard on Marvel for that reason, you know, any film. I mean, even like Superman legacy. I'm like, yeah, we'll see if it comes out on that date. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Superman legacy and Jurassic World. Maggie, I could talk about Jurassic World all day long. I won't do that to everybody right now. I can guarantee you I will program it as a title topic on dailies in the future. Before we say goodbye, is there anything you are really proud of that you want to promote right now? Uh, two of my interviews for the new look have dropped. So you can check that out. Um, my one with Ben Mendelsohn and my one with Macy Williams are both up. And my review for that is up as well. Um, and then in the next couple of days, I have some more interviews that will be dropping that I'm really excited for. So you'll just have to watch this space. Yeah, I like that tease. I like that tease. I will tell everybody to keep an eye out for a ladies night that I'm very excited about. You'll hear me say this in the video because it's true. It's a ladies night that I waited a year to conduct. It's with Sophie Wilde from Talk to Me, who was nominated for one of BAFTA's Rising Star Awards, which like is, is so well-deserved. It just really excites me that she nudged horror into the award space, which I think is a big deal. So look out for that. And then also, if you're a big Ghosts fan, this is specifically for your mom, Maggie. I want to make sure she gets the news on this and is the first one there. I was lucky enough to get to talk to the ghost showrunners, Joe Port and Joe Wiseman, about the season three premiere, which if you're caught up on the show, you know there is going to be a huge reveal in that episode. I have seen the episode. We talked about it in depth, and you're going to be able to get all the interesting behind-the-scenes details in that interview after the season premiere airs. It'll be on Collider.com and the Collider Interviews YouTube channel. So very exciting. Look out for that. All right. With that, we will say goodbye, but stay tuned because we will have a brand new edition of Collider Dailies for you tomorrow, 10 a.m. PT. Have a good day, everyone. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.